Welcome to the Core Women Podcast, the place for women entrepreneurs, authors, and self-starters looking to build community and gain valuable insights through expert interviews with women at the top of their game. Join your host, podcaster, producer, expert coach, entrepreneur, and author, Dr. Summer Watson, as she aims to inspire and empower you through these candid conversations. Lean in and embrace the journey. It's time to start the show. Here's your host, Dr. Summer Watson. Today on the show, I'd like to welcome Stella Ginto, who is a real estate broker and investment consultant who moved from the Philippines in 1984 with her mom and siblings. She abandoned her inheritance and potential for independent wealth to rise up from the conditioning that a woman only has so much worth and value to landing in Los Angeles with her mom to find herself in a very tough neighborhood, which was a different lifestyle than she had been exposed to growing up. Her decisions to leave her inheritance and father's control meant that she would first survive and then thrive. We have so much to talk about today, Stella. So let's jump right into this and welcome. Thank you so much, Summer, for inviting me. It's truly an honor to get to know you. It's so good to have you on the show. We have so much to delve into in relation to your past, what you're doing now, the evolution of your steps to success. So talk about your life in the Philippines and your transition to America. Okay. Well, I was born in Manila, Philippines, raised there. My parents uh, were born with a silver spoon in their mouth, so we never had issues on money at all. We had cars, um, nannies. Uh, my, I had a nanny from six months old and on all the way through high school, and um, I decided that that's not the life for me because I needed to have a purpose So uh, it was meant to be that we will be migrating in the United States. That's already, that's already done. We migrated earlier than we expected because we realized that there's just too much mistresses of my father. So uh, we, uh, right after college, uh, we migrated here permanently Mm. and uh, the rest was history. Now, Your mom and siblings came with you? That is correct. Yes. Okay. Uh, With nothing, nothing at all. I didn't even have like clothes. I left everything in the Philippines. Um, I only had one luggage. I didn't even have a thick jacket. And uh, when we arrived here, it was very, very cold. Wow. So, yeah, I, I... I literally left everything there, including photos and family heirlooms. Wow. And so that also meant that your other siblings and your mother made that decision as well. Is that correct? That's correct. Yes. Wow. Was there ever any coming together, any reconciliation with your father, anything like that? Yes. uh, It was uh, the separation was amicable. However, when it came to me, since I was the youngest of four, 
my father almost had to bribe me to stay in the Philippines with promises that I don't even have to work in my life ever. But that's not what I was meant to do. From as far as I could remember, uh, I'm alone in my room before I even started kindergarten. I was looking at all the books at Encyclopedia Britannica just to read because I couldn't bear looking at my father and our whole household of, you know, all this richness. It's like, I cannot live a life like this. I have to do it on my own and prove to everyone that I do have a purpose in life, not just with all these nannies and all the fancy, all these luxuries in life. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Where do you think that courage came from to leave the potential for inheritant uh, independent wealth forever? Where did your courage come from to, to make that leap? Uh, because of all the things that I've seen growing up, the abuse, verbal abuse of my father to my mom, uh, I I just couldn't take it. And uh, the nannies, uh, every time my father talked to them, he was always very condescending and derogatory in his remarks to them. And at a very early age, I already realized, why is it like this? Uh, and every time, like, I would like to play outside, my father will tell me, you cannot play with the poor people you know, they're poor, you're not the same, you have more value than that. So I had an allowance for school. I never even, you know, my tuition fee were all paid in cash, never had a, had I had a problem with money. But I had friends, and I sent them to school, I gave them my allowance, I fed them. Even at a very early age, I started helping the poor people, because I already knew that's the right thing to do. Mm-hmm. Wow, Stella. You know, it's just, it's who you are. And so it just seems like it wasn't just courage. It was everything that you saw around you. It was that innate and learned ability that you had that just wanted to support other people. And you wanted a purpose of your own. So when you came to the States and you landed in Los Angeles, We did talk about previously some challenges that you confronted, such as discrimination and sexual harassment. Can you talk a little bit about that and how you were able to confront that, overcome that? Uh, Yes. So the very first time uh, we moved here, I didn't have uh, work experience. And that's always what the employer was looking for. And since my degree is in journalism, I decided uh, that I will... uh, Uh, apply at a newspaper company. And because I came from the Philippines, I was thinking to work with the owner of a very famous Filipino uh, newspaper. And I was hired on the spot. Um, However, I noticed that for what I was hired on to uh, contribute to the editor or do sales that's not what I was hired for. And uh, I was doing all the dirty jobs, delivering newspapers, which I did not mind at all. But I realized that the employer was taking advantage of me and remarks like, if you want to have 
if you want to live here legally, uh, you have to uh, follow my advice and do certain things that you cannot complain. You have to do certain things with me. And uh, I realized that, oh, my gosh, this is not the America that I was expecting on. So um, after three months, uh, I, I actually resigned because uh, one late night he came and I just ran away. I already knew what was going to happen. And um, that first job, it was my first time to ride the public transportation. There was flood in our apartment. I lived in a very bad neighborhood and we didn't even have money to buy like paper plates. It's, uh, you know, I was almost raped in a bus. Uh, so I actually can run fast because of that training. You know, it's yeah. always all yes. these bad things happen to me in America, but it's, uh, it's what made me who I am now. That's why I'm a tough cookie. Yeah, absolutely. You certainly are. You know, it's interesting that no matter where you are in the world, there always seems to be a level of discrimination and harassment that a woman is exposed to. I was looking and doing some research. So in a survey conducted in 2017 by Stop Street Harassment and as reported by NPR, they found that 81% of women and 43% of men had experienced some form of sexual harassment in their lifetime. Now, those are some major numbers. And here you are, a young woman who immigrated from the Philippines to the United States. You landed in Los Angeles. You had these dreams of being independent, finding your own way. And yet you encountered these major challenges of not having and being in a poor neighborhood or a neighborhood that had a lot of challenges for you where you had never been exposed to these types of things. What was that like for you? Was that at all discouraging or was it just something that you were ready for and you thought, this is what I'm going to do and that I'm going to overcome these things and I'm just going to go for it? Um, it, it became uh, something of a... Um like revenge for me, um, if I could say that word. It's like more of a revenge only because uh, I promised myself I will prove to my father that I can do it on my own without a penny help from him. So I became so strong in myself that on my second job, on third job, I just continued to fight for my rights more importantly, as a woman. So on my second job, um, I resigned after seven years after my employer took advantage of me. But this time, it wasn't a sexual harassment. It was discrimination. Mm. And um, I was taken advantage of my knowledge and my productivity that I was passed over three times. So I told myself, okay, I already have the experience. So let me now do my dream of helping people. And I told myself, I'm going to study very hard, though I am not that good in numbers. Uh, I know I wasn't that good in math, but I told myself, 
I will make it out there. I'm going to be the top in real estate. I will serve my client with the, the service that, you know, they deserve, uh, full of quality. And I will exercise all my integrity and trust because I am worth it. So I studied, I studied hard and here I am. I'm now a commercial real estate broker and I got the best designation, the most coveted designation in commercial real estate. Um, it's, uh, you know, hard work really does pay off. Absolutely. Absolutely. And you're a testament to that. So let's talk about what you're doing today and how you've transitioned from Los Angeles to San Francisco and how you moved into the commercial real estate and investment arena. You touched on that a bit, but let's talk about that transition a bit more from Los Angeles to San Francisco and what you're doing today. Um, Yes. So I've always been a fan of uh, San Francisco. From the moment I saw San Francisco, I've only been a week uh, uh, in America. I passed San Francisco and I, I saw all these tall buildings and I said, I am for San Francisco. But then I was uh, married uh, and I had two kids. Uh, of course, when you have children, it's all about the kill, the children. So I decided, okay, I'll stay in LA. But the moment uh, my kids grow up, now that they're adults, I said, it's going to be about a little bit about me this time and I will move to San Francisco. So I did move and I started from the beginning again because uh, uh, my uh, goal was always to work in real estate in San Francisco, not in Orange County or in LA, even though I started my career there. Uh, San Francisco, I think the Bay Area is the best market for me because it's so challenging and so competitive. And uh, my nature is I always want to prove to myself that I'm good enough. So yeah, here I am. Uh, I'm I think I'm serving my clients well because uh, I still study every day because I want to give it all. Oh my gosh, that is so wonderful, Stella. And it just sounds like you just have this innate ability to overcome and confront challenges. Has there ever been a time in your life where those challenges got overwhelming. And then what did you do about it? Did you ever confront a period like that? Yes, for years, actually. Um, I went into depression and uh, everyone was telling me, you know, uh, you have insurance, you have to go to a therapist so you can talk to or a psychologist. And I told myself, uh, what if I just try, just try to to work on it on my own, because at the time, I actually didn't have money, my money was just for rent. Mm -hmm. So um, even during the pandemic, I'm starting to get into a slump again. And I was thinking, I can do this, I can do this. So I learned, because my passion is dancing, I've learned that every time I'm about to think of negative thoughts, or I don't want to work. I don't have the motivation. I will cure myself by dancing. So I, my workout is dancing 
every day, every single morning, just so I could start my day right. But just like the normal, the, the, the standard for, you know, women who are fighters, I have gone into that depression stage like way too many times and every single time I fight it. So, so far, I've been successful, especially this year. I have to put a very big vision board in all of my gadgets, just so digital and uh, printed format, just to make sure I'm actually focused. Well, thank you for explaining that, because I think this these past two years have been really challenging for so many, and it's weighed heavy on so many, and yet you found a way to really confront that and work with that. And, you know, exercise, dance, your hobby of being physical really does help in regards to your mental functioning. So it helps with the the hormones and the dopamine and really creating those different feelings of being energized and happy because that's what physical exercise does. It really helps generate that feeling of happiness. So it's great that you found a way to help you through that challenge. Because many times there are people that get stuck in that and they don't know where to go. And yet you are a fighter and you've worked your way through those challenges. Now, just for those who are listening, there are always opportunities to go get help. I do want you to know that there are those opportunities. I am a doctor of psychology. I started my career in nonprofit. So I saw people who needed counseling and we did that on a sliding scale basis so that we based it off income. So there was an opportunity for those who wanted counseling to get it. So I just want you to know that there's always an opportunity to get it somehow, but I do appreciate that you found a way, Stella, to work through those challenges. Because as I said, for many, for kids and adults alike, this has been a very challenging couple of years. Yeah, yeah, totally. Yeah. And also my mom passed away at the Mm. height of the pandemic. So it was one after another. Mm. And, and and for the record summer, uh, when I knew what you were actually doing for when I heard from Seja what you were doing for a living. I was like, oh my gosh, how did I get so lucky in life? It's like, (laughs) wow, it's like, it's meant to be. I just saw stars and everything about the universe was just good for me after I met you. So yeah, thank you for, thank you for that. The sight of your face already, I'm already cured. (laughs) It's like when I saw you virtually, oh my gosh, how did I get to be so lucky? (laughs) Oh, well, I am certainly excited to have met you and I can't wait to just give you a big hug when I see you in person. And so let's get to the last question, because I think this is really important with all that you've been through and all that you've done and all that you have accomplished, which is incredible. As we come to the close of the interview, my last question is, if you were to leave the listeners with some words of wisdom, what would they be? Well, I believe that living in integrity through your authentic actions 
will inspire trust in others. We should not compare ourselves as what we do is authentic to only us and we are unique. Mm. Uh, we just have to dream big because it actually will happen. Oh my gosh. That is beautiful. I love those words of wisdom. Thank you so much, Stella, for being on the Core Women podcast with me today. Thank you. Thank you so much. And uh, you're very welcome. And you can connect and follow Stella Ginto on LinkedIn, Facebook, Instagram, and Twitter at Stella Broker and at www.stella.international. Thank you for joining us on the Core Women Podcast with Dr. Summer Watson. We're so glad you're here and would love to connect more with you. Find us on Instagram, Facebook, and YouTube at Core Women and on Twitter at Core Women One. For more about Core Women and Dr. Watson, visit corewomen.com. Want more support and resources for amazing women like you? Great. Join Dr. Watson and Jen Fontanilla at the Life, Love, and Money Collective, a core women production that aids in understanding the key traits that might be getting in the way of living a life that you are absolutely passionate about. Connect with Summer and Jen and find out more at thelifeloveandmoney.com.